This is the Washington State Invisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, all eyes turn to Georgia, specifically toward the two Senate runoff races that will determine control of the Senate, and with it, the possibility of indivisibles and Democrats alike being able to enact our agenda of democracy reform across the board. It is going to take a lot of work to win, and members here in Washington are ready to jump in to help. We talked today with our senior regional organizer, Nina Musavi, to get some guidance on how we can approach this work in the most impactful way possible. That is next. With control of the Senate coming down to two runoff races in Georgia, everybody's wondering what they can be doing to help. And so I thought what we would do is we'd run down some things that you can do and maybe not do uh, to help us take back the Senate. And so to talk about this, we have our friend Nina Masavi. She is our senior regional organizer from Indivisible National. Always good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to, to see you a couple days before the holidays. And I'm sure you heard the news about the GSA officially starting the transition process. So it's a great day to be here. I was going to say, before we even get into the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about on the pod here today, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, we've all worked so hard on this, you know, over the last four years, some of us uh, longer. And uh, yeah, as you said, Emily Murphy, head of the General Services Administration, just signed off on the transition to the Biden administration. Trump, uh, in return, tweeted, what kind of sounded like a hostage statement, <laughs> a little bit, very uncharacteristic for him, but I think it's as close as we're going to get to a concession speech. Uh, so I'll just ask, how are you feeling right now? So I'm feeling good, but I am also feeling wary, right? So we, through the last four years, we keep seeing the party like throw us little bones. And I think it, it makes people put their guard down. Um, but this is one that I want to be really excited about. It's the official process. It is the kind of the the nail in the coffin, in my opinion, for the Trump administration. They're obviously still moving forward with their frivolous lawsuits, and we're going to see more news about that. But my assumption is that the administrator, uh, the GSA administrator, Emily Murphy, really saw that this was an attack on democracy. And the individuals who are in the federal branches of the government, um, even though they are appointed by a, you know, a party affiliated president, they are supposed to be neutral. They are supposed to be nonpartisan. And I think she probably got enough pressure that she realized her actions were we're interfering with our, our democracy and our, our democratic process. So I'm hoping that we have no more scares and no more, you know, uh, surprises, but always keeping our guard up with the Trump administration. <laughs> I'm going to break out a small bottle of champagne tonight. That's that's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go, <laughs> we're not going to break out the good stuff. Um, you know, some people have speculated that part of the reason why uh, Murphy moved to do this was because she was actually afraid of testifying uh, before Katie Porter and her whiteboard. Mm-hmm. You had a hand in getting Katie Porter uh, reelected. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this entire indivisible community helped with getting Katie Porter elected and then reelected. Yep. So it's really great to have strong, powerful, not not just women, but strong, powerful members of Congress who are willing to 
you know, stand up there, take their whiteboard and and make sure that that truth is being spoken to power. Here, here. So all eyes turn to Georgia next. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about the list of things that we can be doing and maybe some things that we might not want to do. But I'll just start with some general observations from you as an organizer. This is the first time that Georgia has flipped blue since 1992. It's historic. So from your perspective as an organizer, how much of this do you attribute to the ground game in Georgia? 100%. So I think from a political standpoint, we look at every election and there are certain norms and things that we can expect. And that is what had been happening with Georgia for decades. Everyone just expected that Georgia would go red and it was always in the Republicans' favor. And here comes Stacey Abrams, um, you know, four years ago, and she rocked that state and really rocked the nation and gave hope to the possibility of a more representative Georgia. The the state in and of itself has a large population of people of color and a large population of women. And those individuals were not represented by their members. They were not represented by the people in Congress, by their senators, by their governor, and by how the state was voting. And Stacey Abrams came in and just re-energized a, an electorate there that is more representative of, of the nation and the state. And so the ground game there was led by Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight. They did voter registration drives. They connected with young activists. They connected in the universities, in the high schools, They were going door to door, obviously, before uh, pre-COVID, and they really had a plan to contact every voter, everybody who had felt marginalized, everybody who felt that either they weren't voting or that their vote didn't matter. They contacted every single one of those people and made sure that they came out. So that ground game was critical. We could not have done it without Stacey Abrams, and we will be looking to her for these next few months going into the runoff. Yeah, I was going to say, she seems to be something of a pole star in all this, and maybe we'll close on that. I want to get your thoughts on how what got learned on the ground in Georgia may be applicable to other states, say our state. So uh, put a pin in that for just a second. Let's talk about the list of some specific ways to get involved. And I want to preface this by saying that I have heard from some organizers on the ground that they're a bit wary of having too much outside involvement, kind of the, the, the carpetbagger effect that it could potentially be alienating to voters and maybe have an adverse effect. What are your thoughts here? Is there a balance to be struck in terms of how we engage here from Washington with the Georgia race? There's definitely a balance. I think this kind of speaks to our larger organizing model that change is made within communities and that you should be talking to your member of Congress, your city council member, your you know state senator, and that is how you show your power and that's how change is made. And the same can be said when we're looking at the election process as well. It's most important that we have Georgia voters and Georgia activists talking to each other and activating each other. They're able to speak to the issues that are most important to them in their state. But we have a progressive movement that worked for the last four years together. We have Washington Indivisibles who are calling into Arizona and Colorado, and those states could not have been won without the work of -of out-of-state activists who were making those phone calls, sending those texts, and writing those postcards. 
With Georgia, it's a little bit different because it's the only state we're focused on right now. And so you have an entire nation of activists who are eager and willing to help. And they are trying to throw all their resources at the state of Georgia and at the organizers there. What we want to make sure doesn't happen um, is an overwhelming amount of unaffiliated work being sent into the state, right? So groups doing their own postcarding programs, uh, not coordinating with any of the organizations on the ground doing the work, um, folks doing their own phone banking and text banking, all of that can lead to an oversaturation. And it can actually be discouraging for voters when they are hearing mostly from people out of state and also when they're kind of hearing it at the wrong time. So we saw a lot of of issues across the country with postcarding in some of our swing states, people were receiving postcards two days after the election Mm. happened. And a lot of that has to do with coordination, right? So I think there's a really great balance in making sure that if you are planning on doing work on your own, you're working with a Georgia organizer to make sure that work is going to complement the work that they're doing and not going to take away from it. We want to make sure that the efforts are Uh, they have returns and that those returns are not taking away from the work Georgia groups are doing. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to start with the trainings from Fair Fight. I should have you stress that Indivisible cannot coordinate officially with Fair Fight because Fair Fight is part of the Georgia Democratic Coordinated Campaign. So there's no official connection between. But you are recommending that people do what is called the Georgia 101 training through Fair Fight. Just tell us a little brass tacks. What can people learn with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll piggyback a little bit off your disclaimer uh, just to make sure it's, I'm saying it as well. Um Not only are we limited from working with Fair Fight because of our status as an independent expenditure and then also our nonprofit status, the coordinated campaigns are are prohibited from working with us. So there are several of our indivisible groups who are incorporated have reached out to Fair Fight. You know, we want saying we want to work with you, we want to partner with you. And Fair Fight has had to say if you are an independent expenditure or a registered nonprofit, we can't work with you. And that's just for compliance reasons. There are plenty of organized organizations on the ground who don't have that that. Um, compliance issue. And so we are working with them. um, But our direct coordination with Fairfight is non-existent. We are, however, plugged into what they're sharing publicly. And we will be sharing with groups um, what they have uh, available publicly. So Georgia 101 is a training that Fair Fight started. And everything I'm saying is is publicly available. And, and that's all I know. So you can find it um, online as well. But uh, to sum it up for everybody, they are wanting to provide a space for out-of-state and in-state activists who want to understand more about the Georgia landscape, the political landscape, how we got to where we are and how they can plug in. They're bringing in experts um, from pretty much from the ground game who have been leading that charge the last four years and got Georgia to where they are now to give an explanation of what they did, what worked, what didn't work. And then they're also plugging folks into opportunities, whether it's phone banking or text banking, letter writing. So it's really important for folks, if you want to learn more about Georgia, plug into this Georgia 101 training. They are really great. We we had one, I, or I believe the first one is tomorrow, I think. Um, 
And um, it, they're just, re- or last week, I think, was the first one. I think they have another one coming up. I'll um, have the full schedule for viewers and listeners uh, in the show notes. Everybody who attended said that it was it was a really beneficial uh, training, and they learned a lot about the, the political landscape. Great, great, great. Okay, yeah, like I say, I'll have notes for everybody on everything that we talk about here today. It'll all be contained in the show notes. So you can use that as, as a reference. Uh, so, that great. Perfect place to start. Georgia 101, perfectly named. Uh, the next thing that we have been hearing a lot about is donations. And particularly at this phase of where the campaigns are in the runoff, your dollars are really, really important. So where are some of the places? So obviously, we're, we're going to encourage people to donate directly to the campaigns. Where else can people donate? Yeah. So donations are kind of the number one way that our groups out of state can help the groups in Georgia. And we have a list of indivisible groups who are kind of leading leading this fight on the ground. Um, and I know you have the list available and you're going to be sending it around to folks. Uh, the top of that list is the Indivisible Georgia Coalition, and they're uh, comprised of several indivisible groups in Georgia. They're going to be helping with phone banking, text banking, and then also uh, the no-knock literature drops. So they could really, really use the funding. They're all in our distributed fundraising program. So you can um, actually donate directly to their ActBlue account. I know some folks uh, got fundraising asks from us at Indivisible National. And uh, while they are happy to always donate to us, they want to be able to make sure that it's going directly to the Indivisible groups. And so we want to be able to give that resource. Another group that is doing amazing work on the ground is Mi Gente. They are focused on the Latino vote. Their goal for these next, you know, two, what actually, actually really one and a half months is to talk to every Latinx voter in Georgia. Uh, pretty much, you know, quote, knock every door, knock every Latinx door in Georgia. They are a great partner. They're an official partner of ours and they are doing amazing work. So definitely direct some funds their way. Color of Change is another organization that we are working with. We have officially partnered with them for our phone banking effort. So you'll be seeing some uh, national call-a-thons offered, and they are helping us with those and also with some other phone banks all throughout uh, the next month and a half. And then New New Georgia Project is a voter registration group, and the voter registration deadline in Georgia is December 7th. So if you have a plan to donate a couple of times, your first donation should really go towards the New Georgia Project. They are going to be really hitting the ground running these next couple of weeks and could really use your support. And then, of course, uh, uh, black Black Votes Matters is an, or Black Voters Matter. Sorry, I added the S of the wrong place. Black Voters Matter is a, a an amazing group that is connecting with Black voters in Georgia, a a demographic that has largely been marginalized by their current electorate. So they will always accept donations and they will be doing great work with it. And I know that uh, Olympia Indivisible is going to be doing a fundraiser coming up shortly uh, that includes Black Voters Matter. So uh, watch this space for that. So let's get into the brass tax direct voter contact. And again, this is with a caveat that, you know, we really want to make sure that, uh, you know, primacy goes to uh, you know people on the ground in Georgia. But I do know that Indivisible is going to be coordinating some direct voter contact work with people outside of the state. It's going to happen in three phases. What are the phases? And, and then how is that going to work? 
Yeah. So um, just for transparency with everybody to kind of learn what the phases are, we will be doing three passes with our direct voter contact work. The important thing to note is that there are so many groups on the ground and everybody is focused on something specific. So our first pass, uh, while people might be thinking, why isn't it voter registration? Because we have groups on the ground doing that. Our first pass is actually going to be focusing on getting voters to commit to vote and also getting them to request a um a vote by mail ballot, an absentee ballot. And that pass started uh, last week. It kicked off last week and will be going through the first week of December. That includes some phone banking and some text banking. Our second pass will be starting the second week of December. That will focus on encouraging people to vote early. And the third pass, which will start late December and go through election day, will be focusing entirely on GOTV. Both of those will be phone banking and text banking. And with our phone banking and text banking effort, our priority will go to Georgia volunteers because we want to make sure, again, that it's Georgia voters talking to Georgia voters. What's going to happen is that anybody who's onboarded into our Indivisa texting platform already, if you onboarded with us for the the presidential election and you've been texting with us, the folks on that platform will get a notification when Georgia texting opportunities will be opening up for folks outside of Georgia. So basically the first two days of uh, the texting program will be dedicated to Georgia voters and then whatever is left over will open it up. If you've been on our texting platform, you know that those texts go quickly. Um, so that is something you want to be on the lookout for. Check your notifications or turn on your notifications if you haven't turned them on. For our phone banking, so far we have scheduled two national call-a-thons. Um, the, the first one we're still working the date out on, um, and that will be focused on encouraging voters to request absentee ballots, uh, hopefully sometime around the first week of December. The second call-a-thon will be the day before Election Day. It'll be focused entirely on GOTV, making sure everybody turns in an absentee ballot if they have it, goes to the polls if they don't have an absentee ballot. And then lastly, we have our letter writing. We've partnered again with Vote Forward, and they will be doing our large letter writing campaign between now and Election Day. Well, a couple of days before Election Day, because letters need time to send. Um, so... If you got an email from me explaining it and giving you the link, you've probably already gone on and you've seen that every day the the programs like get totally sweeped up and, and you have to wait until the next day until a new one opens. People are really eager to, to get on this and to be able to do the work. So keep checking back. Um, and if you are not able to get through Vote Forward, if you're not able to get onto our Indivisa texting platform, you can connect with the campaigns directly. And they have a lot of resources, phone banking, text banking, and, and postcarding for folks. Obviously, we can't coordinate with them, but we can share whatever's public. Good. Okay. Yeah, you, you mentioned all the things that I, I wanted to get to. And I will also uh, say for folks that the good people at Indivisible Vashon have put together a, a very long list of resources for the uh, Georgia Senate runoff. And I will, again, have that in the show notes at indivisiblepodcast.org. You know, before I let you go, I will just ask you, given everything that we have said and, and the way in which we want to uh, kind of focus our work in a way that is as effective as it can possibly be here, what is your advice generally to Washington Indivisibles who want to get involved right now? 
Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll break it up into two pieces, right? So you have what's advice for the next you know month and a half, and then what's advice for moving forward into 2022. So for I, the I, next, I have month, a question about that. Yeah. Yeah, put a pin in that one because I have a follow up okay. for that. So we'll just focus on the next month and a half. So the best way you can get involved really is trusting the groups on the ground. And if you are planning on doing something on your own, that's totally fine. Check in with me, check in with the Georgia organizers and make sure it's something that isn't going to take away from the work that they're doing. When in doubt, um, donate and work with the campaigns. So that is really going to be like our bread and butter in terms of, of working in Georgia for the next couple of weeks is making sure we're working directly with the people who will be benefiting from it. And I think as a as a movement, as you know, as the progressive movement, we're all really like type A go-getters and we want to be out there. We want to be making sure we're doing the work. Um, and this is a moment where I can say like, you know, if if you if you if you need some break, if you need a break, if you need some time off, if you need to to take a break, like this is an okay time to do it. Send whatever money you were going to spend on the postcards straight to the groups. Let them talk to the voters, and then we'll be reaching out if we have any calls to action. So take some time to decompress because the fight is not over as we go into twenty twenty two. Yes, correct. So yeah, donate, uh, work directly with the campaigns where possible, and you know take a little downtime if you need it. So. This does get me to, to my last question that I wanted to ask you about. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I worry that we're going to see some diminishment in our ranks following Biden's victory. And uh, the one thing that we've learned from Georgia in particular is that we need a full-time 365, 24-7 ground game in order to win. And to do that, we need to keep people involved. So how do we do that? I mean, particularly, uh, how do we keep the people engaged in the work that, say, it's going to take to win the midterms in 2022? Yeah, that's a really great question. So, you know, I talked last time I was here about the kind of numbers of which seats flipped, and we've seen a couple more flipped red in the House, and it still hasn't reached, you know, any any sort of astronomical number, but it puts us in a position where we are vulnerable in 2022 from losing the majority. And I think that it's really important for us not to rest on our laurels in assuming that a seat is always going to be blue. Uh, TJ Cox is a really good example of that. Folks thought that once they flip that seat, it's always going to be blue. And he's fighting for, for his seat right now. He's fighting for re-election. And that, a lot of that comes from not continuing to hold our folks accountable, not to continuing to stay engaged. And so What's really important for the next you know, year, pretty much the next year before we start campaigning again for 2022, is to continue to stay engaged and to continue to hold the people that you got elected accountable. And that is important not only at the, at the federal level with our members of Congress, you know, with our, our House members and our senators, but that goes all the way down to your city council members and your, your board of supervisors, your, your school board reps. The work that we're doing as a progressive movement is it's not top down, right? It's it's bottom up. And so the way that we're able to change the landscape of our country and change the landscape of even politics is to be working within our own community. And so there are a lot of people who had 
one goal in mind, and that was to get Trump out. And that really is how this organization started. But since it's developed and since we have all grown as a movement, we've really plugged into the local work. We've plugged into our our city council you know, meetings, our, our, our police commissioner meetings. I mean, all of that is what makes actual change happen. There's a lot that a president is able to do that affects the country and it affects, it, it affects, you know, foreign relations, trade, all of those kind of like large scale things. But the things that affect our day-to-day life really happen in our own community. And so what I think is really important to remember is that as much as we want to be calling into the swing states, as much as we want to be writing in and texting into the swing states, we need to be doing that in our own communities as well. We need to be calling into our own congressional districts, into our own city council districts, and be holding our members accountable. Because what's going to happen is the right is going to try to steal the country back from the inside. They're going to try to steal the country back at the courts, they're going to try to steal it back at the city councils, and they're going to try to reshape what our country looks like to match that crazy orange man that they had at the top. And we need to keep fighting at the local level and at the congressional level in our own communities. But when we need folks to be calling out of state, when we need folks to be calling into the swing states, we want everyone to show up. But have that first thought be your own community. Yeah, you know, I I couldn't agree more. And I think it's often perceived as less sexy work, but it has an impact that is so much more immediate. What happens at the legislative level, what happens at the city council, county council level, is it impacts your lives so much more. Um, This is the subject for an entirely different show. And uh, maybe we'll do a panel and get you on and we can kind of talk about some strategies to really keep people engaged uh, over the next couple of years in a way that we absolutely need them to be engaged. But I really appreciate appreciate you're awesome thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk about georgia and uh have a happy thanksgiving and and yeah i hope you take some time off for yourself thank you so much we'll be we'll be closed wednesday through friday so it'll be a nice break and i just want to say one big thank you to everybody for really stepping up and and wanting to support georgia they are feeling that love so much i mean they're overwhelmed with love and support and it really is because of this movement so thank you all um and you know keep plugging in where they need you and take some break take some breaks and take some time to yourself where you can thank you nina thank you so much bye And likewise, the pod is going to be off for the rest of the week, as will the Town Hall series. The website for our show is indivisiblepodcast.org, and the email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at IndivisiblePod. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc., and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Special thanks to Lori Caldwell, and as always, my thanks to you for listening. Hope you have a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.